I, I think the poet or the filmmaker or the musician, the poet must not avert his eyes. You must not avert your eyes. This is what is coming at us. Good thing, the podcast that just cannot decide who is dreamier, Ben Affleck or Michael Shannon. I'm Paul Salt. I'm an acronym. Oh, look at you. <laughs> that's, uh, that's all I've got. Today we shall be discussing Jerry Brockheimer's Michael Bay Randall Wallace toilet movie, Pearl Harbor, an American biographical romantic period war drama film. The film is a fictionalized account of the surprise Japanese attack on the American naval base Pearl Harbor, the event that brought the Americans into the Second World War, in the context of a love triangle. Which is, of course, the only way of contextualizing anything. <laughs> What's this podcast without well, that triangle we've got going on? <laughs> yeah, it is. You, me, and Mr. and Mrs. Listener. Mmm. Who's going to end up with who? That's right, baby. <laughs> They're going to end up on their own, and we're unfortunately going to be left with each other. Jerking each other off in a corner. <laughs> Filmically, though. Filmically. Cinematically. <laughs> That's different. <laughs> how did he... How, 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 was, how was he last night? You cinematic. <laughs> <laughs> the film came second in our audience poll of dreadful films, handily beating Ballistics X vs. Sever. Mm. Another day, my sweet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. We'll get to that particular can of fetid tuna. We'll peel that potato later. <laughs> Still thinking about sex. Gotta stop. <laughs> Critics reacted to this film like the prospect of spending a sunny Hawaiian afternoon in a car with Josh Hartnett. Uh, it has twenty 25- favorably, favorably, infavorably. Oh, it has twenty-five percent on Rotten Tomatoes and forty-four percent on Metacritic. It is, however, the only Michael Bay movie to have won an Oscar. Sound editing. Yes. Yes, the critics got quite creative on this one. Roger Ebert wrote, frankly, I think, one of the best reviews of his career. Pearl Harbor is a two-hour movie squeezed into three hours about how on December the 7th, 1941, the Japanese staged a surprise attack on an American love triangle. Its centerpiece is 40 minutes of redundant special effects surrounded by a love story of stunning banality. The film has been directed without grace, vision, or originality, and although you may walk out quoting lines of dialogue, it will not be because you admire them. I mean, that's, that, that's the whole thing. We can just go home now. Yeah, although I would say which lines of dialogue. I don't remember any. <laughs> you are so beautiful, it hurts. It's your nose that hurts. Oh, I think it's my heart. The public, however, liked it like spending a sunny Hawaiian afternoon in a car with Ben Affleck. Slightly better? Not for me. Daniel McGarry, over IMDb, uh, says in 1941 it cost the Empire of Japan $147,000 to stage the three-hour attack on Pearl Harbor. In 2001, Michael Bay spent $132 million to film the event and ran four minutes longer. Even taking into account 60 years of inflation, the Japanese did a better job of a smaller budget. Now, I think it depends how you're classing better job. Yes. Because, I'm... I mean, Bay's millions certainly mm. made for some good special effects, but in terms of substantially neutralizing the naval capacity of a global superpower, it's, it's woefully inadequate. You didn't see what it did to Guam. I was going to say Ghana. I was going to say Guana. I think I was. I was thinking of Guam and Gu- Ghana. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to be fair though, I once um for a cannon to the sea and it hit a, a Guamese um, fisherman in the head, and mm. that halved their naval capacity. So Michael Bay did piss in that guy's fishing boat. He went over especially. Uh, meanwhile, Hissing Sid, also at IMDb, said, Roll up, roll up, see the cinematic spectacle of 2001. See the horrible deaths of 2,500 people, commemorated by a film about two guys who fly fast planes really fast. See them go zoom. See them go whiz. See them reprise the fly past and debriefing scenes from Top Gun. Watch the beautiful love story unfold. Mm. See the true love two people have for one another, tested and broken when Kate Beckinsale comes between them. See a fine young actor reduced to playing token black guy. Watch the whole reality of war and the lives and deaths therein trivialized to make a big dumb action movie. Just don't take it seriously. You'll only encourage them. Is that one star? Five stars? (laughs) I'm pretty sure it's one sunken ship. Okay. That's what he gave it. One pissed in 
<laughs> one piston guami's fishing boat holy boat yeah <laughs> Okay. So, a lot of effort has gone into the reviews though this week. Yeah, I think so. Um, way more than the effort I'm, prefer- <laughs> I'm prepared to give. Yeah. Well, I thought we'd get the effort out of the way early okay. on. And then we can be the ones who just, you know, complain about it being the wrong disc in the thing. So, Paul, you sleeping giant. Hello. Hello. Uh, what's something about this film that won't live in infamy? Uh, probably a surprise performance from William Fickner, um, yeah. character actor. In scene. Yes, in, 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 in one scene, um, <laughs> at the very beginning of the film, um, luckily for us, serendipitously enough, playing Danny's dad. Danny's dad. Yeah. <laughs> D- Danny- <laughs> and he went off to perform a, in a sitcom <laughs> spin-off of that. Alright, Paul. Anyway. What happens in this Pearl Harbor I've heard so much about over the last five minutes? It begins with William Fickner, as we, as we said, and the two boys, Danny and Rafe. Um, William Fickner is a is a crop duster guy. Yes, he flies a biplane that won't be in use for another ten years. Yes, very lucky like that. Yeah, very um, industrious. Yes, no, no, that's I mean that's what they were getting at with the film, I think. <laughs> um, and he is he's doing it so nice, and uh, you know, obviously, no one else has this plane at this point. Yeah, his his boy, his boy, Danny, and uh, his his friend, friend, Rafe, Rafe, William Fickner alone got that Oscar for sound editing. <laughs> Um, it was such a shiny new crop dusting contraption that yeah. the boys then tried to fly it because yeah, well, they're obsessed they with planes is the thing oh they're obsessed they've got they've built their own one but yeah. it can't fly it's rubbish no, they've got rubbish all job. you've seen their rooms they've got all like biplanes hanging from the from the ceiling like little mobiles and yeah. one of them's got a poster of a plane with its tits out that's <laughs> <laughs> plane mad they are so so they try they try to fly the plane they almost crash it and Danny gets his uh, his ears boxed by character actor William Fickner. Yeah, um, who did indeed die in the First World War. Yeah, so they should show more respect. For yeah, cut so, to future, and yes. they've definitely taken to future to 1941. Yes, uh, the Americans aren't at war. The British are. That's your, there's your scene set for you. Yeah, and these two young lads, well, they've learned their lesson, and they're quite respectable, orderly pilots now. Mm. Now nah, they're hot shots. <laughs> oh yeah, no, yeah. Com- complete and total hot shots. Total they're hot shots. Giving it the old barrel rolls, the old. Uh, oh, they do a barrel roll. They're doing the old Smirnoff dives. I think they do a loop the loop. They do a loop de loop. They do a Belgian truffle. Yep. They do a hang ten Lenny. <laughs> they do an up up ups up 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 <laughs> up 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 up. up. <laughs> yep. That, and, that, and that's where they finish their routine. <laughs> And, and they get they get chewed out a bit. Yeah, Alec uh, Baldwin calls them in and says, "How dare you do an up 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 and up 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 up?" Yeah, and he's like, "I only did an up 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 and up 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 because that's what you'd have done <laughs> when you were a boy and yeah. reckless." He's like, "I'm just pepping up the men. I'm filling them full of my pep, sir." And um, he's, he's <laughs> pep and vigor. Yeah, and he's like, "Boy, that's good." Actually. He's William Fickner as well. Yeah, boy, <laughs> that's bullshit, Macaulay. <laughs> but it's very very good. Bullshit. Incidentally, his um, acceptance also came through to join the Flying Eagles. Yes, he has been selected to go over and fight in the Eagle Squadron in England. Yeah. Uh, which is a little odd. It's an odd thing to happen because this was strictly forbidden in the US Air Force. Um, you know, I mean, you can't just go and join another army and fight against an enemy that we haven't declared war on and still be part of this army. That's fucking insane. I mean, that's just how good he was. He was. He was so good that you have to lend him to another army. This is Ben Affleck, by the way. Sorry, we should probably differentiate these two men. One of them is Ben Affleck, the other is Josh Hartnett. That's literally the only thing that's different about either of them. Yeah, he goes off to do do that. Fly fly for the Flying Eagles. He can't go off and do that yet. He does have to meet another character and have the whole point of the movie first. Oh, a Japanese soldier? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> who's going to be responsible for Pearl Harbor. Yeah, they're going to have a beautiful friendship, actually. Ah. It's going to be really complicated me and Ma- Me and Nakamura, it's called. <laughs> that's, a sub- that's a working title. <laughs> me and Nakamura. <laughs> yeah, it cuts back. Yeah. Um, and it turns out that when Affleck and Hartnett, Hartnett. henceforth referred to as Afnet, yeah. Um, when they joined the army, they had a really hot nurse. A few mm. hot nurses, in fact. Mm-hmm. But one of them in particular was a Kate Beckinsale. Yeah. And Kate Beckinsale... Well, no, it allows him to get through a test, even though even though he's he's dyslexic and so he can't read letters because the sky's everything to him. Yeah, because yeah. they just don't understand dyslexia yeah. back then. You know, there's a, there's a tremendous amount of disability awareness and sensitivity in this film, and I have to respect that. Yeah. Uh, so she jams a syringe in his n- naked ass. Yep, he d- she does that twice, right? 
Um, yes. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he 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 goes back because he wants to he wants to ask her out, so he yeah. pretends that he hasn't had the shot. Yeah, and he gets because... another syringe in his ass, and then he falls unconscious, and uh, then she falls in love with him. Well, one, I mean, I just can I ask you? No. Uh, uh. I mean, sometimes I get really nervous around women, and rather than just come out with what it is that I actually want, I just allow them to jab me in the butt. They they are falling in love in love at this point. Yep, they They're... court each other. Affleck's very sweet. He brings her some uh, French champagne mm-hmm. from France. Yes, yeah, which of course at this stage was Nazi occupied. So he brings her some Nazi booze, and they go on an idyllic boat. I think. Oh yeah, it's it's like a love raft. Yeah, they go on a love raft and they they paddle around in the shitty mm. harbor a bit, and then they yeah. go back to her hotel where he mm. refuses to sleep with her. It's a yes. great night for everyone. Top notch, <laughs> top marks all around. Everything's peachy between um, Baffleck and Beckinsale. Yeah, he's going to come back for her. Yeah, he's to- totally going to come back, but he has um, enlisted to fight yeah. for the for the limeys. Yes, he's got to go to awful England where, mm. um, where it rains and uh, you have to drink uh, warm beer out of dirty pint glasses in a, com- in a country estate and look at Englishmen oh fuck oh god no Ugh. thank you anyway he takes to the skies wearing Polish Air Force insignia instantly mastering the controls of a British Spitfire because most planes are basically the same it's a stop and go button yeah there's a stop button there's a go button and there's a do a cool thing button and there's a honk at the uh, <laughs> an attractive lady button what said alright can't hear you thousands of metres up in the sky it's a miracle I can hear that you're saying anything at all. <laughs> yeah, love. Love it. Thanks. Oh, get him out. Get, get him out. Oh. <laughs> she gets twin spitfires out. <laughs> all uh, along, she was an ACAC unit. Yeah, and all, <laughs> all, all along, it was an ACAC unit that shot Ben Affleck out of the sky because he goes yeah. down into the water. Yeah, man. He um, crashes dead. his plane. Dead for all intents and for quite a few purposes as well. Yeah, he goes down, 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 and that's it. He's dead under the water. Dead. Very sad. Anyway, Beckinsale gets. Well, she is currently, I think, at the time, seeing the only black character in the film, played by Cuba Gooding Jr. He's yeah, he's a boxer and he's a cook because he wanted to join the. That's right. Wanted to join the navy. Yep. To fight for his country, got put in the kitchen, presumably because he's black, where all the other yeah. black characters are. Well, speaking of which, be- well, at least he gets to have some alone time with Beckinsale, who mm-hmm. is, of course, a white nurse. Um, and the forces back then were entirely segregated, so there's absolutely no way in which he would have been sort of left alone with her unsupervised. <laughs> no, no, it's just, it's just that, you know, when you've got a good feeling about someone and you think, <laughs> you, you see their aura yeah. and you're like, this guy's going to go on to do big things. <laughs> the, this, this is the top, top brass. This is, um, they, they just saw that and they're like, we'll just let this one mingle. <laughs> Off you go, lad. You know in, in spite of my entire belief system, I imagine Cuba going junior should have a scene alone with Kate Beckinsale. Yeah. It feels really awful that I'm complaining about the fact that a black guy was left unsupervised with a white woman. Well, but the point is, this wouldn't have happened at the time because it was a shitty time. Batfleck's dead. Batfleck's dead. Yeah. There's going to be no more DCEU. No. It's it's all over. Yeah. Ba- basically, for the next 20 minutes or so, yes. 20, 25 minutes, Josh Hartnett and Kate Beckinsale, they they mourn Ben Affleck, they talk about Ben Affleck, and then they they f- have sex in spite of Ben Affleck. Yes. That's, Near that's a big that. picture of Ben Affleck. Yeah, they fall in love. Yes, they do. And they have a whirlwind romance. Yeah. Now, I feel like the next thing that's going to happen is the attack. So let's just catch up on some plot threads that we missed out. Okay. Ewan Bremner is yeah. in the movie. He met and married a nice nurse. Yeah. That's it. Michael Shannon's in it. He yeah. met and married a nice uh, plane. The Japanese are in it. Meeting outside like barbarians would. Mm-hmm. Um, in order to discuss how their oil supply has been cut off again by an inferior nature, na- nation. So yep. now they have to attack, obviously, and that's the sole motivation for Pearl Harbor. Complicated political and cultural tensions escalating slowly over the entire Showa period. Fuck off. They just want, they, they're taking our oil. No, well, that's, you know what wars are about. It's all about who gets oil. Yeah. Yeah. That's what wars are about, Paul. <laughs> so they looked at the wars that are going on today and they went, well, obviously. I read, who, who need had, to read a book. Who had the oil in World War II and how, what, like, who did we have to get it off of? Nazis? The Nazis had all the oil. Fuck! It was in Switzerland. That's why they call Switzerland the like, oily region. <laughs> the oily region. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so the Japanese are planning this attack now. We get a bit yeah. of that. But then Dan Aykroyd is going to crack the code with yeah. his rimless glasses that he couldn't possibly have had due to the nylon rationing. But he's important. So. Well, he ma- he made them before uh. the war. And then he patented it after, which is why they're now they're <laughs> called, um, called double Aykroyds. It's one on each eye. Double Aykroyds, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, and smoking is Marlboro's that wouldn't exist for another 30 years because... Invented them. 
Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Marlborough. Yeah. Dan Marlborough Ackroyd. Yeah. We've never heard pass me an Ackroyd. <laughs> don't don't bogart that Ackroyd, mate. <laughs> don't bogart that Dan Ackroyd <laughs> that you got smoldering in your in your mitt there. For Christ's sake, don't. So the Japanese attack. They recklessly fly in and their planes yeah. painted the wrong colour. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's easy to hit all of the American ships because they haven't been painted camouflage grey as they would have been in real life. Oil. It's all about oil. Yeah, it is all about the oil and also the fact that Ben Affleck came back just before the attack happened. Oh, I did fuck. forget to mention that, but he, d- <laughs> he does come back just when um, Josh Hartnett and Kate Beckinsale are telling each other sexy limericks, Ooh. I think, um, <laughs> is what I've been told that <laughs> is. Yeah, so he, he, he comes back and they're like, oh... Damn, we've we've been having sex for quite a while now. During this conversation, yeah, we're You've really probably sorry. Noticed. Yeah, he, he goes off and sulks. Later on, Josh Hartnett gets out of her and yeah. goes out after him. It's like, and it's oh, yeah. yeah, it's a it's they a have a fight. They have a fight yeah. because you know who's in the right here. Yeah, they thought Ben Affleck was dead. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. Ben Affleck's obviously miffed. Yeah, but anyway, then Pearl Harbor happens, and that's and then that's. An hour of the film. They ruthlessly and callously attack the hospital and Kate Beckinsale personally. Yeah. Uh, even though the Japanese pilots who are actually at Pearl Harbor deliberately did not attack the hospital or Kate Beckinsale. Oh no, I see where you got that from. Oh yeah. Um, they were saying, oh, we, we, we weren't, we weren't going to. We had a bit of a rough night the night before. <laughs> Too much sake, not enough oil. And, um, and then, and then they were like, oh, so then my girlfriend broke up with me because I, I died and I came back. <laughs> And and um, Jap- this one was Japanese, yeah, Toshiro Mifune was <laughs> he got in there, and then I broke up with <laughs> it was my friend mess. and my girlfriend. And do you know what? Fuck women. She looks a- that woman down there looks a lot like Japanese Kate Beckinsale, my girlfriend. <laughs> I'm gonna get her. <laughs> so yeah, he- and that's a fact. So that was a misogynist, calculated attack on Kate Beckinsale. <laughs> yes, launched by the Japanese. <laughs> Thank you, I'm Michael Bay. So- I'm so glad we joined World War Two, <laughs> um, Second World War. So. <laughs> <laughs> so yes there's a lot of explosions a lot of people die Cuba Gooding Jr. shoots some people yeah. fucking Bafnet yeah. get into planes go up and shoot a bunch of people down yeah <laughs> a lot of people get died yeah. in the hospital get died yeah those people got right old died afterwards Admiral Isoroku Yamamoto Mm-hmm. Uh, says, I fear that all we have done is awaken a sleeping giant because mm-hmm. he's a fan of the 1970 film Toro Toro Toro, where that line originates. Ah, loves it. So he just thought, oh, you know what? This applies here. Yeah. But yeah, so Roosevelt wants to attack, mm-hmm. you know, Pearl Harbor. Um, and Admiral Chester Nimitz and General. Does he George- want to attack Pearl Harbor? No, he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck me. Get your facts straight. No. <laughs> Fake news. Roosevelt wants to attack Japan. Yes. And Admiral Chester Nimitz and General George Marshall tell Roosevelt that an attack on Japan is impossible. Yeah. Um, even though they actually encouraged it in real life. But it became impossible, basically. Yeah, okay. Uh, and Roosevelt shuts them up by standing up, despite being riddled with polio. Mm. Because, you know, he's not a cripple. No. <laughs> cripples. God, you know, cripples, imagine. cripples aren't just man enough to just, you know, stand up. So, yeah, with all, everyone now thoroughly convinced, the yep. Doolittle raids begin. He gets back, uh, Baffnet. Baffnet, because they're fighter pilots and therefore absolutely perfectly suited to fly bomber planes over mm-hmm. Japan. Because again, planes basically the same. Well, you don't go and do an up, 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 up. Unless you know how to drop a bomb. Down. Down, down, down. Down, down, deeper and down. Yeah, exactly. Deeper underground. So they get Jamiroquai. Yeah. And he flies over Japan. Yeah, but his hat's in the way. He crashes that one plane. <laughs> crashes instantly. Yeah. The other, so the other two, the other two planes are left. Um, one flown by uh, Baffleck and the other one um, flown yeah. by Jartnett. <laughs> it's very confusing. Yeah. Michael Shannon's up in there. It's awful. Yeah, Ewan Bremner still. Yep. He's oh, still by the going. way, Ewan Bremner's girlfriend died in Pearl Harbor. Oh, yeah. Aww. Yeah. Um, that was the real emotional heart for the film for me. Yeah. Japanese equivalent, they shot it down on purpose. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, they all they all fly over Tokyo. Yeah, and, and they drop bombs which absolutely demolish lots of big buildings. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's not. Uh, I thought the plan initially was to fly over several cities and drop some smaller bombs that wouldn't have much like actual damage, but would you know inflict a sort of bloody nose as a sort of symbolic victory over mm. Japan that felt it was unreachable. But yeah, no, they just blow up buildings. No, not when there's no oil pool. Well, okay. And Japan like, is destroyed. Emperor Hirohito jumps out and tries to fight Ben Affleck with yeah. a sword, 
but um, Josh Hartnett's able to um, get a chainsaw with an American flag on the side of it <laughs> and chops Emperor Hirohito right in half. Yeah, and... They land in China. They land in China, but the, ja- the Japanese soldiers are there and they go to take them hostage, but um, things happen. There's a big gunfire, yeah. which doesn't happen in real life, but it yeah. happens because America. Yeah, because of oil. Josh Hartnett gets shot. Oh, no! Yeah, Oh, he's, Josh Hartnett? He's dead, dead. Oh, oh, yeah. Kate Beckinsale is pregnant with Josh Hartnett's kid. <laughs> ben Affleck tells him this just before he dies. <laughs> so he just knows that he's great. never going to get to see his son. Yeah. The Chinese help the Americans get back home. Yeah. Uh, we're left to assume because we don't actually see a single Chinese person in the film. Fun yeah. fact, 250,000 Chinese civilians were massacred for sheltering the Doolittle Raiders in real life. Um, and the film really honors them by sort of glossing over that bit. Then it ends a couple of years, five years later, I think, something like that. Ben Affleck and Kate Beckinsale are in a lovely sort of farm, farmy sort of area. (laughs) Probably Danny's dad's. Probably. Because he might have fought in the war, but he he died (laughs) of a boar. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, they um he takes off in a plane with his kid and his wife and his yeah. beck and sale. Yeah. They're not the same, it's quite awkward. Yeah, the kid is called Danny. Yeah, oh, lovely. Janet. Oh, to and remind him of the, the the dad he almost had. Yeah, I think there's another American flag. Probably. And then um Star Spangled Banner plays Then whilst... Optimus Prime drops out of the sky and says, Give me your face <laughs> to Japan. <laughs> yeah. The end. Yeah. yeah. That was great. God what a ding ding. Yeah, that was a that was a fantastic example of a film. That was. <laughs> if someone had said to me, "What's a film?" I would say, "Well, at the very least, <laughs> <laughs> by the broadest definition." So, Paul, what did you think of that there film? It was a good special effect. W- what was the special effect? You know, the one that took them seven seven months to prepare and cost them hundreds and thousands of dollars. Oh, yeah. hundreds of thousands of dollars. <laughs> um, they 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 packed at least three tons of dynamite. Mm. At least three kilograms of dynamite on top of a few of uh, real, a few real life ships and some what, sparklers. Yep, some sparklers. One um, Catherine wheel, <laughs> and um, yeah. So, so there was this one fantastic effect which looked real because it was real. Yeah, because they actually blew up a boat. Yeah, on, on top of the boat. So yeah. I think it was surface damage. Yeah, you know that good, good surface damage. Oh, I have surface yeah. damage. Mm. Oh, I'd like to do a bit of surface damage, damage. <laughs> to a have you smelt my new scent <laughs> surface damage that was good effects pretty bad film really yeah really bad yeah really dreadful it's not the most toxic of michael bay movies i think no. I, I think it deserved that sound editing oscar and i don't i don't resent it that <laughs> because it sounds yeah there were some good sounds and it wasn't it wasn't poisonous it was lazy is how i came away from it it felt very cynical it felt like Oh, look at Titanic. Mm. Look what it did. Let's do that. Yeah, and it's not that it's not that I begrudge the love story. Right. Because, you know, in in wartime crazy shit happens. Yeah, crazy shit happens. You you fall in love with people very quickly because that's kind of what peril does and or even I don't know if you've ever been to Butlins in Skagness. <laughs> I, I don't know if you've ever been to war. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we go to Butlins in Skagness and you're there, there's a girl, she's by the arcades and you think, well, I'm never, I'm never gonna see her again. I can be whoever I want. We're all gonna die tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. Butlins, you know, the buffet <laughs> is not well reviewed. <laughs> And, and 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 you think you you walk over there and you it's actually little nine year old you in a fucking ascot checking out the 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 trip advisor on the fucking buffet. <laughs> oh dear. Oh lummy. Um yeah, and 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 you sort of say, well, you know, I'm just going to go over there and tell her to and tell her to crouch and kick um, Paul Phoenix if if she wants to win, and then romance would blossom. Absolutely, and, so, and, and it's and it's exactly the same here. You know, romance would blossom. You it's just what happens. All the guys went out, and they so so yeah. I don't yeah. really begrudge the romance. Oh no, thing, I'm not begrudging the idea that it's absurd that romance exists in water. Yeah, it's just the sheer laziness of it. Yeah, about that romance. No chemistry. Well, it would have been nice to have seen some romance. Yes, instead of what Michael Bay's idea of romance is two people in a very idyllic uh location mm. as it slowly pans around them that's it's the same as action yes it's the same thing <laughs> and the same as comedy yes all of these moments are shot and happen the same way but there's there's very little like connection between them they don't look like they're having much yeah. fun with each other they just get to go well, and yeah. pose in the sea yes yeah, kate beckinsale write ben affleck a letter in her undies yes by by the sea <laughs> 
So that's no, how you know ridiculous. it's love. Yeah. There's no scene where they like wake up next to each other and all of Beckinsale's makeup's gone because my gosh, that woman is made up in this film. Yes. I don't think there's a single scene of the film in which her lips aren't danger red. Is Michael Bay the only person that looks at Kate Beckinsale and thinks, you need to work on this? <laughs> can't just show this on screen yeah. people won't stand for it yeah. can we can we have some little explosions going out off about her face <laughs> to show she's in love <laughs> Beck- beckinsale is telling her her friends including jennifer garner um who is now an ogt threeman by the way which yes we didn't initially recognize because she is again so heavily made up yes it doesn't look very much like jennifer garner but yes yes mother's well- day nine lives and now pearl harbor pearl harbor welcome Welcome to the Hall of Threemen. Oh, free to a man, free in a bush. But let me stop you there. Uh-oh. Because we've got another Threemen, haven't we, Paul? Who have you got? Well... Oh, no! Yeah, see, now it's all coming back. We've got to do it. We've got to do it. You can't... You can't just... You can't chicken out of this. As much as I love this man... Yeah. And as much as his work has meant to me... Alec Baldwin. <laughs> <laughs> Michael... Sh- no, uh, Hans... Zimmer. Amazing soundtrack Zimmer. Yes. Um, has done a soundtrack for this film, and it's not very good. <laughs> yes. Um, but his name is on IMDb. Yes. Under Pearl Harbor. So you, sir, and um, Herr Zimmer, along with, uh, Frau, what's Garner. her face? Garner. That's it. <laughs> Frau Garner. Frau Garner. Frau Garner. You are Timon. <laughs> Willkommen. Yes, that's the thing, is that, yeah, she's just telling her mates. Yeah. And, yeah, it's, it's very flat. And, and she's showing more charm in that sort of telling, but it's yeah. the last time, I think, that scene, we get yeah. any personality off of Beckinsale. Well, they never taught us how to deal with this feeling. What feeling? Well, it's kind of like this. Ah! Well, he was getting fresh, so I poked him again. <laughs> Pretty fucking amazing. She manages to get something out of that because it's yeah. it'll be a scene of Ben Affleck walking up to her, and then a voiceover of he walked up to me, and then they all go, <laughs> and they go, and and then, and then it'll be Ben Affleck turning around and smiling. And he's like, and then he smiled at me. <laughs> I know. So, <laughs> I thank know. You sale. <laughs> Fuck me. And, and that I mean that, that was the extent of character. You could have just cut from yeah. their childhood to him getting into the army. Cut yeah. out the Top Gun bullshit. Yeah. yeah. For the fact that they, it was an hour and a half bef- until yeah. the the actual attack. Yeah. There was nothing in there. No. There was nothing. An hour and a half is a whole film. <laughs> you can do a whole film of things in, in in that it's, time. It's like brief encounter except not nearly brief enough. Yes. <laughs> it's just yeah, it's just Oh fuck! And she is such—they are such wet blanket characters as well. Yeah. Her whole job is to go around being breathy. Yeah, she doesn't have an accent. No, she has a, a tone. Every night I look at the sunset and try to draw the last ounce of heat from its long day and send it from my heart to yours. Yes. And Ben Affleck just—oh, he's a flyboy. He's a good old American lad. Yeah. There's nothing to him. All Hartnett to the point where they are near identical. They're just—they're just two half mavericks, aren't they? They are wanting for an iceman. No, exactly. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm sure they accidentally call Michael Shannon's character Goose or something at some he point. He's called Goose. He's called Goose. Yeah. I, there's no evidence that there was an actual Goose at Pearl Harbor. <laughs> there, probably there, there was a Goose. Yeah. There was a Goose. <laughs> <laughs> he was very shocked. He was very unhappy. The role of a Goose played by Michael <laughs> is Michael Shannon. Um, I guess it was trying to be Top Gun for that bit. It's trying to be Top Gun and Titanic. Yeah. It's like, that'll be the Jesus. ultimate movie to bring in the crowd. Gun-tanic. The ladies will come for the steamy romance between yeah. Affleck and Josh Hartnett. <laughs> and the guys will come for the steamy action in <laughs> Pearl Harbor. Yeah. And it just, it just, it doesn't do either very satisfactorily because the, the actual attack yeah. is, it goes on for so long. It does. It does. I mean, I know the actual attack went on for very long, mm. but like, this isn't how you articulate the idea of dread or, or terror because in addition to sort of wanting to be big and scary, it's mm. also quite Michael Bay. Yeah, I mean, big yellow explosions, lots of slow motion, lots of four. As that Hans Zimmer soundtrack just plays over all of it. It doesn't stop. Yeah, you're right. There's one moment, I think, of silence. It comes when uh, Kate Beckinsale is, again, very improbably listening to the conversation the planes are having on their radio, which, again, Mm. couldn't happen. And, and yeah, there's a moment where a door gets shut in her face and it doesn't play out to music. And it's like the only scene in the film. Yeah. That is allowed to be quiet. They had to ask you to turn the volume down at one point. Yeah. So just, and my ears were ringing. Come, like, 
it, it, it spent as long, I think, as Titanic yeah. did on, 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 on the sinking. <sighs> but, ti- but Titanic was one ship and it yeah. had um, characters that we knew and cared about. Yeah. You have to have ebb, like ebbs and flows. Yeah. There are eerie moments in Titanic where oh, Jack God, and Rose yeah. are like below deck mm-hmm. and they just find themselves in a room that no one else is in. And it's yeah. fucking creepy because yeah. even though shit's going off, <laughs> as, as they say, um, it's just there's no one there and it's utterly quiet. And this, <laughs> well, that was James Cameron. Yes, and this is Michael Bay. This and... is Michael Bay, and this is Michael Bay making a movie about real life events. Paul, I want to tell you a story. I'll sit back. Oh, on the morning of December seventh, nineteen forty-one, U.S. Army pilots Ken Taylor and George Welch were on their way home from a Christmas dinner and an all-night poker game, uh, still wearing their tuxedos. They fell asleep at six thirty and were woken up less than thir- uh, ninety minutes later by the sounds of machine gun fire and airplanes. The two got up, and without changing clothes or receiving orders, they ordered the ground crew to get two planes ready to take off. They then got into their Buick and raced to the fucking airstrip with planes going overhead. They took off, with only the smaller 30 caliber ammunition loaded, and managed to shoot down two planes and damaged a third. They landed in order to load up with um, 50 caliber ammunition, avoiding American anti-aircraft fire as they came into their own um, strip. Mm -hmm. Whilst on the ground, they got attacked by another group of Japanese fighters, and so they quickly got back into their planes and took off early with sort of ammunition boxes falling off the wings. Um, knowing that if they took off away from the fighters, they would be attacked themselves, they instead took off towards the enemy planes, firing as they went. Taylor was following a group of Japanese aircraft, but due to the clouds and smoke, he accidentally found himself in the middle of their formation. <laughs> One of the aircraft in front of him fired a machine gun back at him, and one of the rounds narrowly avoided his head and exploded in the cockpit. He had shrapnel wounds to his left arm and his leg. In an interview, he said, the, the injuries were of no real consequence. It just scared the hell out of me for a minute. Welch shot down that bomber that shot at him. And then Taylor damaged another plane before pulling off to help Welch with a Zero that was chasing him. You see that camaraderie there where they like yeah. took out planes that were attacking them. Um, they then fired all of their remaining ammunition uh, before landing back at the airstrip. They got out of their planes and they were heading from one place to another when Major Gordon H. Austin saw that they were still wearing their tuxedos and he shouted at them, Get back to ha- um, Halewa! You know there's a war on? <laughs> now that's a fucking great movie. Wow. <laughs> just just that. Yeah. It could have been 90 minutes. Yes. Because <laughs> um, you've really got to pick the story to tell yeah and you know the that's the key when you're telling when you're doing historical yeah dramas you know things based on real events yeah often oftentimes the stories don't quite fit with the fiction you want to run with yeah but when you've got something like that why aren't you inspired to (laughs) to to tell that story yeah or cuba gooding jr's character existed in real life he was a black seaman who you know, was made to be a cook in the Air Force yeah. and he did take up a machine gun. Tell his story. Yeah. Focus on any one of them and don't make one up yeah. that's not interesting. Yes, that's the thing. If you if like you wanted to make one up and it was really well done, I think yeah. there'd, there'd be an element of people going, well, I don't see why, but I mean, hats yeah. off to you. It was very good. Yeah. Um, you could even even tell it of the 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 nurses as yeah, as the fuck. people come in. That's you know, if you wanted to get across the horror of war and things yeah. like that, or you wanted a story to be proud of, have yeah. the nurses who were like faced with horrendous things. Absolutely, but he, yeah, but he chose not to do any of that in in order to yeah. do a fake one. In, t- in order to do a rip off of Titanic. Mm. But okay, so the film was written by Randall Wallace, um, who is to historical accuracy what Michael Bay is to storytelling. Uh, he wrote a little movie called Braveheart which is a comedy cartoon that satirizes Scottish history <laughs> and is also quite fun, if I'm being honest. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's very fun. <laughs> it is. You get a mace in the face in, in bed. The dark, yeah. It's what it's all about. Um, <laughs> he really does just seem to name check people involved in a thing and be like, okay, that guy was there. Great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jerry Brockheimer, the producer, uh-huh. and the evilest man on earth, was quoted as saying, we tried to be accurate, but it's certainly not meant to be a history lesson. He also demanded a kangaroo be put in it, but everyone ignored him this time. <laughs> I can't begrudge a film's historical inaccuracies. Yeah. Because it's... It's not meant to be a history lesson, as yeah, they say. No, it's... Exactly. It's, it's a shame when it's obnoxiously said by Jerry Bruckheimer. <laughs> but it's true, you know. It, it, yeah, it, it has it, to be it, a film it, first. It, exactly. Exactly. Mm. Very, very good films like Dunkirk still mm. 
have blind spots. Sure. You know. I think what you but, have to ask is why are they there and what is the intention? So Yes. But and with this, unfortunately, the intention is definitely to make it more commercial. Mm. It's not to sort of capture the spirit of the thing. Because to come back to Titanic for a minute, Titanic is about two people who are thrown together by circumstance and then torn apart with similar recklessness. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of talk about fate in the mm. film, about the fated voyage and all of the rest of it. But my main takeaway from Titanic is chaos. Mm. imagine the horror of meeting the person of your dreams whilst you're aboard the titanic it's yeah. it sucks it took all the dreams and hopes and sort of aspirations yeah. of the people with it mm. and tore apart all sorts of stories that were really just beginning yeah so the the little story is a synecdoche of the bigger story yes here what what does it tell us that oh a love triangle got interrupted by pearl harbor yeah it's it's, it's that and also yay america look what we did yeah. I think is is yeah. the main takeaway from that. Yes, um, and your little raids are shown to be much more significant than they really were. I think. Yes, the tragedy is only a trigger for for <laughs> American, American greatness. It's 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 woefully misguided. It really is, and it actually offended some people this time. Um, oh, yeah, Ken Taylor, one of those two guys I mentioned, who died in two thousand six, oh. um, called the film adaptation a piece of trash, oversensitive. Like, over-sensationalized and distorted. Mm. And another veteran who was there, Jack Leeming, said they're insulting the guys who defended Pearl Harbor and died. They're not giving them the recognition that they should receive. There mm. were, in fact, 90 pilots above Pearl huh. Harbor fighting, not just those two guys. Huh. In fact, they're distracting They're distracting from it. But that's the movie business. It's about money. It's romanticized. Mm. Now, I think the last part of that's more significant than the first. Mm. Because... The idea of changing things, doing disservice to the veterans, is only true if suddenly the veterans are acting in a, as opposed to what they were actually doing. Mm. But the idea of it making those changes purely motivated by money and to c- appeal commercially, that does feel offensive. The most baffling thing mm. is, you don't need to commercialise a story about heroes in the in the sky. Absolutely. The, the story I just told you is commercial as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would go and see that tomorrow if... Yeah. <laughs> Even if it had Ben Affleck and Josh Hartnett in the leads. <laughs> I like them both in things. Like Halloween um, age 20? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I would even possibly be tempted if Michael Bay was doing that story. Mm. Just just to see just to see that story. It's one of those things where the story would yeah. sell itself. It'd be a real spotlight. Ultimately, his sensibilities. It's like Pain and Gain, which was meant yeah. to be his go at a Coen Brothers-esque caper. Yes. He, he can't hang up his coat and leave it at home. <laughs> Yeah. He wears it, and it's made of cocks, <laughs> spurting out explosions. Yes. Because they must have been introduced to that story yeah. of Welch and... Taylor. Taylor, sorry. Yeah. At, at some point. And at some point, they must have gone, nah. <laughs> it's not exciting enough. Yeah. What if they were also both banging Kate Beckinsale? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh-huh, like, okay. Okay, Mr. Brockheimer. And one of them's a kangaroo. No! <laughs> no! Yeah. Oh, Put it away! <laughs> He goes over and, talk, and Michael Shannon comes up to him and says, "Hey, that's uh, interesting what you were <laughs> yes. saying there." <laughs> so, uh, to sum up, yeah, on Pearl Harbor, it's uh, so all the, his- the history stuff is a big problematic stain. It does mm. feel, I mean, the little things, the little um, anachronisms and such. Yeah. I don't care that much. Yeah, I really don't care if that's the wrong kind of plane or that they would never would have had that kind of thing back in 1943. It, that sort of thing never bothers me, but it is indicative of a larger carelessness Yes, that they took with, with regards to the historical setting, and ultimately it does just feel quite cynical. Yeah. Well said. Okay. Let's quickfire, shall we? Quickfire. Uh, young Danny looks a lot like Josh Hartnett. He looks so much like Josh Hartnett. It's very good it? casting. <laughs> I love it when they manage to do that. Yeah. Uh, Bremner's accent was pretty good. His stutter was a little bit Paul Giamatti-esque. Yeah. You always stutter? No, only when I'm... <laughs> Nervous? Yeah. I mean, speaking of Bremner, there's, um, I, I really liked his performance. There was a scene where he's proposing to his... Yes. Sweetheart. His sweetheart, his um, get best gal. Yeah, and yeah. Um, he gets down on his knee, and this his sweetheart I should have fucking got her name, but yeah. oh well. Um, thinks that he's having some sort of panic attack, or he's un- he's unwell. Yeah, and and she keeps interrupting his attempt to propose, and then his um like one of his friends and and his sweetheart yeah. um are across the road, being like, oh god, are you okay? And, <laughs> and like the, the 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 consternation on his face when he's trying to yeah. propose, but everyone's just feeling really sorry for him the yeah. whole time. Um. <laughs> It was. I, I actually liked his performance. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um, I quite like the scene where Ben Affleck has stormed out because um, 
Beckinsale and uh, Josh Hartner having full-on sex. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not really. But he storms off to uh-huh. a bar. Oh, rubbish film. He storms off to a bar, and Hartnett catches up with him, and there's a, a wonderful tension mm. in the scene. There's a great di- un- discomfort. Yes. Because ultimately we know what's happening, and we act- people are actually showing emotions. Yes. Affleck's pissed, and we understand why and can feel it. Mm. Hartnett's remorseful and mm. annoyed that Affleck isn't like being more understanding, and we Still understand dead. that too, Yeah, is the thing. So Yeah, I felt uncomfortable during that scene. Yeah, man. And like everyone's trying to celebrate Affleck being alive, but Affleck's not going to drop it. And it's like, yeah. and now they're uncomfortable. You and Bremner's uncomfortable. You make you Sh- and Bremner cry. <laughs> Michael Shannon is uncomfortable, which takes some fucking doing because <laughs> yeah. he thrives on that. You guys are making me feel weird. <laughs> the first six notes mm. of um, the Pearl Harbor theme, yeah, I guess by, so. Han- by yeah. Hans Zimmer, is very good. <laughs> wow. Whoa! Um, it might have rung a few bells. That's probably yeah. because it was lifted almost note for note from Journey to the Line. Yeah. Yeah, the rest the rest of the soundtrack is pretty poor, I would say. Um, yeah, I like some of the Japanese foreboding stuff. But oh, again, yeah. it, it really does feel like B-tracks from yeah. better soundtracks. Okay, so back to the bar scene. There's a line of dialogue I like in there too. Um, Josh Hartnett says to him, You're a mean drunk. Yours have been. And Affleck replies, Yeah, well, you're a lousy friend, and that's a new development. That's snappy. Yeah, pretty good. <laughs> when he gets his Nazi booze for him and Kate Beckinsale, the, yeah. sham- the champagne at the start, and he, he yeah. the cork goes off in his face, in his in his nose, which he broke yeah. earlier from falling because he was injected twice in the ass. Yes. His eyes are watering, and then it cuts to um, Kate Beckinsale holding a, a champagne glass. Yeah. No, not a champagne glass, just a glass. Right. And um, from, <laughs> yes. from, from, right of sc- <laughs> from right of screen comes the bottle... <laughs> And his hand just shaking madly from the pain, <laughs> and it like it, it comes Barely into screen. It yeah, it comes into screen like the fucking the Star Destroyer. Yeah, it's um, <laughs> it's glorious and and actually very funny. That's really cool. Oh yeah, speaking of that sound editing, mm-hmm. my favorite sound noise in the thing is a torpedo at one point tears through the deck of a ship and then through the lower quarters and narrowly misses um, Cuba Gooding Jr. Mm. Uh, in a, a terrifying event that didn't happen in real life. And it lodges itself in the missiles in the sort of hull of the ship. And then we all we get is the sort of whirring sound of the torpedo's propeller. Not the torpedo, the missile's propeller, which is then going to explode when it stops whirring. And it just zooms in and you hear that whirring sound slowing down. And it's pretty cool. Hmm. There was also an interesting attempt to humanize the Japanese at the same time as yes. dehumanizing them. Which is... And there was a, like a guy in, a, in, a, in a, uh, one of the pilots in a cockpit, yeah. like, waving away the kids to be like, get out of there, it's yeah, going to yeah. get messy. And, you know, and the takeoff so scene was very slow and deliberate with them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just... just doesn't make any sense when you also then have them bomb the hospital, which they didn't do. Which they didn't do, yeah. exactly, yeah. Okay, one of the more terrifying moments of the film. I don't know how... I actually forgot to go away and find out if this is true, but in the film, a ship goes down with a lot of uh, seamen still in it. Mm. And they try to get out, and they don't. And uh, Kate Beckinsale's end narration says that those men are still entombed mm. and still haven't been excavated from Pearl Harbor Bay. I don't know if that's true. Interesting. But mm. when the ship is sinking... It's really horrible because they managed to chip a hole in the hull and he, the hands are reaching through it and you see like human hands coming mm. out of the hull of the ship. Um, and, and then gradually the sort of people inside drown and the hands stop moving. It's, it's not violent because the film can't be violent, but it's pretty horrifying. Admirable. Yeah. You don't, you don't need blood for that to, to get across the true horror or something yeah. like or that. Or a massive explosion. Yeah. My last thing, I think. Hmm. Is that some of those ridiculous sequences of <laughs> the couple sort of meeting at night? And I remember there's some where they're like getting off a train at night and the, hmm. the train is pulling in and steam is billowing out. Some of them are quite nice. Hmm. And they do sort of evoke an old style Americana of the 1940s. And as, as corny as it is, some sort of, I don't know, innocence that hmm. may have existed before Pearl Harbor. Well, there is. I mean, it w- it's only fair to point out. I mean, on one hand, you had the the critics of uh, the you know the portrayal of the depiction yeah. of events. Yeah. Um. You also had people, um, who maybe weren't directly linked to that yeah. uh, tragedy, who said that they did get the the feeling of the time down well. The, mm. the insouciance of the uh, of people who hadn't had a taste of war and who, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who you know, it was a it was a booming mm. period up until then, really. Oh, absolutely. Um. And people did actually commend the film for that. Yeah. So. And yeah, th- there is that feeling. 
In the way d- it's shot, there's a slight yeah. feeling of as cheesy as it is, yeah. the old old style Hollywood. Then just make it about people yeah. instead. Make and the not, film about people yeah. of the time. Actual people. Yeah. <laughs> Real boys. Okay, how did our public react when asked, when called upon? Ah, well, um, call of honour. The smash list at the smash list stepped right up to the plate first off and said Josh Hartnett. Ooh. Yeah. He's um, a dreamboat. He is a dreamboat. He's, he's a dreamiest boat in that harbour. He is. Um, <laughs> just behind the love, the love raft. And the love craft. And the, oh god. Yeah. <laughs> Stay away from that, folks. <laughs> no. Is that moving? Technically it's just breathing. <laughs> uh, Matthew Gray, who recommended a sloppum. Oh yes. Um, but a week ago. Oh. How distant that seems now. Uh, how, what, what's that old bastard got to say for himself? He also pointed out the, fantastic cutting Roger Ebert review. Yes. Um, it was a very good one. Yeah, it is It is fantastic. It's far more entertaining than the film itself. <laughs> oh, people say critics are of no inherent value when it's the only good thing some of these people have to say about this Gosh, film is yeah. how a critic reacted to it. Good good critically, it's an art. Finally, actually, beyond the box set, say, uh, the Faith Hill theme tune is kind of nice in a little value my heart will go on sort of way. Yeah. Well, so. again, yeah, they were definitely aiming for Celine Dion. In fact, didn't they try for Celine Dion? I think I remember Ooh. reading that, that they tried to get her for the main theme and failed yeah. uh, because she was like, I don't want to do another sinking boat movie. <laughs> but there's lots of them. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, my hearts will go on. <laughs> my hearts will go on. <laughs> no, I think at this stage she was she was too busy performing in Las Vegas with her um, with her session band Muse and also fighting off a lawsuit against the Devon-based Brit band. Fuck me. You've got, a, yeah. you've got a whole bank of musical knowledge there, haven't you? Yeah, that's what I did <laughs> when I was younger. Oh, man. Yeah. I should get you your, your own... Your own music thing. I could the do one a, music I, thing. I could <laughs> the one, <laughs> the one music thing starring music good thing. starring me and a brick wall. <laughs> Stop calling me that. <laughs> <laughs> well, prove me wrong. <laughs> Excellent. Cool. Thanks, everyone. Shall we go for the one better thing? The one better thing. My one better thing is mm. Dunkirk. This is... Surprise, surprise. Surprise, surprise. Nolan fanboy hates DC. Ugh, what a twat. Um, everyone knows that Dunkirk was a Marvel project. But yeah, Dunkirk is a movie about the British evacuation of Dunkirk, in which um, hundreds of thousands of um, British soldiers um, and army, just general army, were evacuated from um, from Dunkirk, suitably enough, <laughs> yeah. to... Uh, uh, and uh, hundreds of, um, I think thousands of civilian ves- vessels got involved mm. and rescued people. And the film doesn't feel the need to contextualize its characters by putting them in a love triangle. It just presents them to you. You don't even get backstory and there's very little dialogue in the mm. film. All it is is human beings that you can identify with trying to figure out their way off of this awful beach where people are getting killed. Um the sense of tension that it ratchets ratchets mm. up throughout is extraordinary. It has a brilliant sa- Hans Zimmer soundtrack. It does indeed. Uh, has a good one this time, which um, I think <laughs> some people complain hasn't isn't as lyrical as some of his other stuff, like Inception. But it's just it's so stripped out. It's like a fucking. It's like one of those cars that have had all the weight stripped out of yeah. it, so they can run as fast as it can possibly go. It's it's like a B fifty two that's had everything stripped out of it to go it on is. the Doolittle raid. Alec Baldwin. Uh, Alec Baldwin loves it. <laughs> Um, it's lean, it's mean, it's, it's a thriller, actually. Yeah. Um, Nolan described it as such. It's, it's more of a disaster movie and a thriller than a war movie. And yet in doing that, by making it sh- purely about the experience mm-hmm. rather than about ugh, context around it, he is able to capture the horrors of war far better than I think Michael Bay does. And veterans, uh, commended him for that and yeah. gave him passion talks about how it really captured the horrors. And, Politically speaking, in spite of attempts by people like Nigel Farage to appropriate it, mm-hmm. um, it, it still is a bold, a bold plea for humanity, even under the most dire of circumstances. Yeah, that's Dunkirk. I think it's a marvellous film. I'm bound to talk about it again when we do my favourite films of the year next yeah. year. My one better thing is Chinese film The City of Life and Death. Ah. Following the Japanese occupation of Nanjing in 1937-38, yep. basically this is the perfect example of how to make a film about a tragedy. Yeah. At least half of the film is told from the perspective of the Japanese soldiers as they move mm. through the city and lay waste, to the extent that the director, Chuan Lu, received death threats for portraying the Japanese mm. as anything more than monsters. You know, yeah. um, Pearl Harbor felt like I was being forced to feel something either way, whereas 
Colad simply, I'm calling it Colad now, simply <laughs> portrays the events and leaves you to decide. Yeah. It ends with an utterly mesmerizing sequence that yes. almost leaves you wondering where you stand, almost, <laughs> with amazing naturalistic performances and almost 100% free of hyperbole. Yeah. The action is exhilarating without being glorified because you're so steeped in peril. Mm. Um, you cannot move, rooted to the spot. Yeah. You know the stakes. At no point is the terror anything more than complete. It's an utterly, utterly brilliant film and it should yeah. be re- required viewing for every student of anything. <laughs> and again, I, I would also like to just say, having said all of that, and as we've alluded to a few times in the episode, Titanic's really good. Titanic's pretty fucking good, everyone. It's really fun. Yeah. It can be a little manipulative or um, heavy-handed at times, yeah. but it's still a really fun movie, and Cam is a really good storyteller, and he yeah. knows how to hit emotional beats and actually yeah. take his time to tell a story, which, yeah, yeah he does, and it's, it's an appropriate way of honouring a tragedy whilst also making something really compelling. Mm. And that was The One Better Thing. The One Better Thing. Well, thank you very much for listening to One Good Thing. Yeah, thank you everybody who voted this second. Um, <laughs> oh it was... boy, I wonder what was first. Ooh, who knows? Well, if you look at our Twitter page, you'll know. Well, yeah. Don't do that. Don't ever do that. Find <laughs> us on Twitter and yeah. also on Facebook. Yeah, at OGTPod. Yep. Uh, you can collar us at Gmail at OGTPod at gmail.com. Almost struggled with that one. You can cholera us at yes. our home address. If you come yeah. over with cholera, um, we'll be happy to take that off your hands. Yeah. Dysentery? Yep. No. We've got em- envelopes full of it, full of just sagging with dysentery. <laughs> um, so don't do that anymore. But if you'd like to give us a nice review, that would be nice. Oh, that would be lovely. Yeah. And thoughtful if, of you. Yeah. Thou- hey, thanks, guys. Ian, hey. thank you. Davey, thank you. Barbara, nice review. Leviathan. Yeah. <laughs> Lord and Saviour. Wordy, but nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Bob Seger. Basically, if you have a five-star review for us, send it our way like a like a... Like a bag like, full of dysentery. Like an envelope swollen with dysentery. <laughs> yeah. Other than that, my oh, novel shit. Dockhead is available on Amazon in paperback five ninety nine. Kindle it's a little bit cheaper. And uh I think that's that's me. I'm out of words. Yeah, and I I've got a few more words, but I'm gonna put them all in a review and stick them on Screen Mayhem, where you can find reviews of the latest films in fashion. Definitely fashion. Some fashion, yeah. Screen Mayhem, fashion first, it says. <laughs> that's the slogan. <laughs> Excellent. I'm Paul Sold. I'm Paul Goodman. And remember, the one good thing about Pearl Harbor is a smoky, well-lit shot of a train pulling out of a station. And it's not a euphemism for sex. This time.